her name is Wesley Margaret Strom. So just so everybody is on the same page as me, we have the same middle name and the same three letters of our last name. Wow. Four letters, Leanne. S-T-R-O is four. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't a math major. Leave her alone. Welcome to the Not Your Papa's Hockey Podcast. I'm Megan. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm Leanne. Um, This week we're going to talk a bit about the NWHL Isabel Cup Final, uh, the NCAA March Madness Tournament. Uh, We're going to get into the worst article maybe ever posted and more. So let's get into it. So this past weekend, the NWHL hosted their uh, their Isabel Cup Finals in Boston at Warrior Arena, where the uh, Boston Pride usually practice, play, and is also the practice arena of the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Boston Pride ended up lifting the Isabel Cup. Yes. So they became the first team to win it for the second time, which is pretty big deal. Um and it was a matchup between them and the Minnesota Whitecaps, which is what we were supposed to get last season before COVID uh, shut the, well, it shut everything down, as we know. Um, but it was, like, literally the day before they were supposed to play the championship game last year, like March 13th, I think. Um, it got shut down, and they kind of wiped the slate clean. So with six teams, they still found their way back to the final, and Everyone was kind of saying it was, you know, the the game that we never had and the championship game that never happened. Although I think going into it, um, the Whitecaps were actually this time around the better team. Um, in the 2019-2020 season, the Pride only lost one game and it was to the Whitecaps. But still, I mean, they were just like absolutely dominant of the whole league and they struggled a little bit this year. So I think they kind of switched roles, but Boston still pulled it out. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was really cool. It was the first time that they got put on a primetime national TV, and it was such a good game for it. The semifinals were kind of like a blowout, um, but the final was really, really good, really back and forth. Um, it had physicality. It had really good goals. It had great skating. It had everything you could have wanted in the first championship game to get put on NBCSN, and NBCSN did a all-female broadcast team that was really awesome and it was uh you know a lot of it was not the usual thing where we just get like men who only know how to talk about the women and who they're related to you actually got insight about these players which was really cool Um, that was that was awesome and I think this year as a whole um was had a lot of obvious negative things happen but as a whole was really really good for the sport and the league and I think we can expect really good things moving forward and it hasn't been initially or officially announced yet but Marissa and Jemmy uh 
reported two weeks ago ish that uh the plan is to expand to a seventh team before the seventh season so a montreal team will make an appearance so that would be really cool getting you know just another team in there getting another canadian market and really uh really setting the roots down yeah i know that uh when the CWHL folded, they announced that they had intent to expand to Toronto and Montreal. So it's nice to see that happening. Um, I was going to say that I know that for me, at least this is the first year that I've like followed the NWHL more than casually. Uh, So I knew that Boston was supposed to be (laughs) like unreal, but then you saw in Lake Placid, they didn't really have it together. Everyone was kind of surprised, but uh, it's nice to see that uh, a little reset put them back where they should be. And I think that happens, you know, they were supposed to initially play just a two-week season and they only had about six games and it kind of goes to show even if you have the players, you have the, the skill, when you're playing back-to-back games like that, you're relying on two goaltenders to, you know, carry weight evenly. You're, you can't afford to have anybody, like, be cold, you know, Uh how much that can matter and I think they regrouped and being on home ice even though technically they were the away team because they were the lower seed but you know they're playing on home ice which by the way usually they play over the Boston logo or the Boston uh, Bruins logo but they uh changed the middle like the center ice to the NWHL Isabel Cup uh logo and they had the purple ice that they had in Lake Placid which was a really nice touch uh to make it you know more just about them like their home rink for sure and uh captain jillian dempsey got named mvp got a big fat check that ended up actually being a like dick's sporting goods yeah the store MVP, credit yeah i mean you know what that's still money you it's I, yeah like a thousand dollars to spend I'm, at dick's sporting goods yeah i'm sure that uh nwhl players spend a good chunk of their money at dick's anyway <laughs> So it's not, uh, I know I saw some people being like, I would have preferred it be cash, which, you know, obviously you would always prefer people just be given money to spend as they see fit, but it's not like a... It's a weird, like, criticism to make for me too, because it's not as if the, you know, major men's leagues don't do this either. Like, sometimes they do get checks for cash, but sometimes they get sponsored things. Like, that's, it. you know, I mean... I don't know. I'm not super picky about it. Like, as opposed to the nothing they've gotten before, this is better. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm of the mind that you always prefer cash. You always prefer uh, people to be able to spend as they see fit. But it's not like it's some useless, <laughs> like, yeah. $1,000 credit that she's never going to use. It. I'm sure it'll get used and she'll appreciate it. So. Exactly. That was I nice think to also to... Um, just because we're on the topic of it, Ali Thunstrom was super important. I think of the semifinal and the final, um, she was really my MVP. Her between her and Christina Christina Putinia of the Boston Pride, I think those were my two like really big standout players, especially for Thunstrom, who had zero points in Lake Placid and showed up uh, to the semifinal and the final game and had like four four goals multiple points you know across those two games 
Um, there was an article written by Dan Rice put out about her pretty recently and kind of the struggles that she had over the past year and including her mom who had COVID and surgery that she had and all these things that she was like scared she wasn't going to be able to come back. And that kind of very much showed itself in Lake Placid. It, she was there, but it was like, where is she? You know, she's not scoring. She's not the speed crazy, you know, skater that we know. And she brought that back to Boston. So I think that was really good to see, even if she did end up losing. Um, and then I personally, I mean, Jillian Dempsey is Jillian Dempsey and deserves every accolade that she gets. But I think a big key role in that win was Christina Putina, who is just That's her, that unreal shot. Absolutely. I mean, That's just on, like, I think she's so underrated. Like, there's a lot of like, it, which is weird to say because a lot of people like her, but she's just so good I mean and for being such a young player too like she finds the puck wherever it is and I don't think they win that game without her and to me that's what MVP means uh so she's my my personal MVP <laughs> of the of the game of the season love that speaking of Jillian Dempsey let me pull up my notes which is just a screenshot of Matt Porter's tweets. Um, uh, Matt Porter is a uh, Boston Bruins reporter who uh, was sent to Lake Placid to cover the Boston Pride, obviously got sent home when everybody else got sent home, but has been kind of covering the team since. But he tweeted the other day that uh, Charlie Coyle spoke on elite women's hockey players and said, I wish I could skate like they do. They're so smooth. Coyle said pride captain Jillian Dempsey would skate with his travel team when she when he was aged 12 and 13 and said she would show us up so I love that and sucks to suck all of the men who just think that women are inferior all of the time but also a great time to point out something that I learned recently which looking back on it I think I like it's something that I know but I keep like forgetting that I know you know mm-hmm. um that Jillian Dempsey Boston Pride captain, notorious for showing up Charlie Coyle in 12-year-old travel team skate, uh, named the Boston Bruins mascot Blades because I guess they had like some sort of competition or whatever where kids could like send in their proposals. And she was just a Boston youngster who wanted to name the mascot and sent in the, her idea for Blades and thus he was born. That's beautiful. How baller baller is that? That's beautiful. Also, notorious Massachusetts boy Charlie Coyle has been so good about, you know, respecting the pride and uh, giving them their props and their accolades and giving them shout outs. I feel like he is so mindful of that. And we love, we love that for him. It doesn't take much. Like, it really doesn't take much to make us happy here yeah i feel like happy love in space i feel like the bruins in particular are always really uh really good about like roping in the pride a little bit throughout the season yeah i think like the organization as a whole could do better but for players specifically i think they a lot of them go beyond the typical like oh someone handed you a pride hat to wear you know which is still good i still I guess if the bare minimum is that you didn't like explicitly say no, (laughs) then I'll take it. But, you know, I mean, uh, Brandon Carlo recently was 
doing something where he had mentioned talking about elite, you know, professional hockey players and mentioned the Bruins and the pride being in that category and like stuff like that, like really little things is what it's going to take to make everything just a little bit better on a level for players who can't really do much else other than financially, which I still wish they would, but that's another story. (laughs) Right. The Boston Bruins do what, uh, do what they can and what most other teams don't. Yes true in more women's hockey news um actually on nhl network and then they even talked about it during the nwhl broadcast uh aaron frankel won the patty kazmaier award this season which goes to the best collegiate women's hockey player uh it's very rare that it goes to a goalie but she was just absolutely phenomenal always has been probably always will be she plays for Northeastern. She uh, has played multiple times with the na- uh, U.S. national team, so she's definitely going to be up there for a long time. She had a 965 save percentage this year and an 810 or 810 goals against average. Like that, that's just insane. <laughs> that's Good a 965 God. save percentage across a whole season good lord i just don't even i mean they only lost she or she's the if i didn't say it, she's the goaltender from northeastern um they only lost two games they lost their very first game of the season and then they lost in the national championship in overtime to wisconsin with daryl watts so like i'll give her that one but i just incredible incredible goalie she's gonna be great for a long time um, I think this is a, I think this is the right move. Um, Daryl Watts, I know, was also a contender or a finalist, but she's won it before. And I feel like it's when she had like her incredible, incredible freshman year season. And I feel like it's harder to win something like that when you've already done it and didn't have as good of a year as you did. When yeah, you have to, so, you have to uh, upstage yourself if you yeah, want a repeat. It, like, it's gonna be inc- it's gonna be impossible for Daryl Watts to like ever do that again. So, um, I think this is the right move. I think Frankel uh, deserves the credit. So, good for her. Wow, you love to see it. So lucky for all of you, this is gonna be a pretty <laughs> women's sports heavy episode. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, For those who don't know, I went to Mississippi State, and I was fortunate enough to be able to cover their 2018 championship run. So I got to see some of the facilities um, and kind of some of the way that things were kind of behind the scenes. I was in Columbus reporting on both the Final Four and the National Championship, and you could see the discrepancy kind of there, but that was in 2018. It wasn't as big as it was within the bubble because the bubble obviously is very confined. And so you have the men's bubble this year who they've got insane. They have an insane locker room. They had this merchandise hall from the NCAA that covered their entire beds at their hotel rooms. Um, They had, lines of food and then you see the women's teams and it looks like they got a kid's cuisine uh looks like their weight room 
there I use that term very loosely it's not a weight room it um it had a couple of yoga mats and some weights and one single rack of free weights yeah and the NCAA was like this is because there was no space and then she turned around and there was just there was so much space like it's not because of space it's you not wanting to spend your resources where yeah and then they tried to like give some excuse of like well the like the women don't use the weights because they don't do weight training or whatever which is just stupid i mean that's just not true like sorry no absolutely not they oh the women's ncaa merchandise hall was not a hall at all it looks one like one towel that said women yeah. <laughs> in big letters on it. Women. Something I've learned from this that I don't know that I ever noticed before is uh, the only like March Madness branding stuff goes to the men and the women mm-hmm. just get like the NCAA tournament. Like mm-hmm. anything that's March Madness is spe- specifically for the men. It's so not on the court for the women. It's like, it's not, not on the court for the women. It's not on the merch for the women. It's not. Everybody... I, I was watching a commercial about how you could watch, um, like, you could stream games or whatever. And it, like, only mentioned March Madness. And it was on for CBS. And CBS is the only one with the men's games. And, like, they, the ESPN isn't doing that for the women's games. So I don't even know if it's, like, because, like, by law, they can't. I don't know. If it's that, like but that's what I would imagine that like you can't even use the term March Madness when referring to the women's games and, I like, don't know the men get this whole like the big dance like thing the women don't get that I mean mm-hmm. even the marketing is like put better towards the men mm-hmm. I yeah. agree I think it it definitely you'll hear those people who will say they'll come back with the whole um, well, men, uh, women's sports just aren't marketable. Women's sports just don't get the revenue and everything. They are marketable. Eight if you have the, a good market, eight of you'll, the like, are women's NCAA basketball players are women across the board. Eight of the and our women's team here like would always show out. Like we would have more fans at our women's games than men's. It's always been like that for me. Like I went to a high school that our women's team was good. I got my car from a from a coach at a local high school whose women have gone to state multiple times. My cousin was just in quarterfinals at in Tennessee schools for women's basketball. Um, I Tennessee basketball, Tennessee women's basketball. No, name somebody more iconic than Pat Summit. Like, yeah, yeah and I mean the thing about, it's like, marketable. You just have to know that like people care. You have to put in the effort in order to put it out there. Like. Right. It becomes increasingly clear with more clear with every single year that passes that it's not that women's sports aren't marketable. It's that they're just not marketed. It's just that nobody bothers, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. It's frustrating. It is very frustrating. And I like, you know, how could any Kobe Bryant that were at the game, like Kobe truly cared about this. And I know that everybody's like, Oh, Kobe, this Kobe, that, but one thing that we at least had with Kobe was that, like, he cared about women's basketball. He put time and effort into developing women's basketball and caring about the different players. He was at the same games that I was at. Like, to have him be somebody who cares and, like, it really put it on the platform. Like, oh, Kobe's here, so let's talk about it. Like, I know that that's not kind of – that's not where we want to be. But we kind of need those players to be like, hey, you need to care. And for the most part, I will give it to the – NBA you do have a lot of men in the NBA who are like 
these women are killing it. You need to watch them. Yeah, but you have some that that are pushing not, back and that are not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and ath- there's some male athletes across the board. I mean, who was it that just had like a whole thread of like, well, you need to push harder and you need to be like pitching yourself to these medias and these markets and tell your stories and blah. Like that's so insulting to the female journalists, uh, the male journalists too that that cover the sport the athletes themselves like they are putting in this work and nobody does it like nobody Mm -hmm. cares about it nobody picks it up nobody tells the stories very few of us tell the stories you know and this constant like put the blame on you know it's the cycle of putting the blame on the female athletes and the people in that space that are doing all of this and never get the credit for it and you turn around and you have all these other groups of people in sports that do half as much and get recognition get the coverage get the resources because it's a male dominated thing like any any sport any league wasn't making millions of dollars and getting what what everybody deserves until rich old men invested in them the nhl the world junior classic the little league world series all of these things that are put on tv so you can watch male athletes perform at any level weren't like that until big groups of men decided to funnel money into it and none of them feel like doing that for women's sports Mm -hmm. that's the problem so stop telling the athletes stop telling us that we need to put in more work to get people talking about this like no it's on you and all of your male friends to stop being sexist and to invest money into things yeah there's only so many articles that you can write where people who we're already interested in the subject are going to seek it out and nobody else is going to see it. Like how many, you know, you can only reach your audience if you're writing about something that is not covered on major networks or by people who have a wider reaching audience, nobody but your audience is going to see it. The people who are interested in women's sports are always going to seek out women's sports and seek out coverage of women's sports. But it's not their problem anymore. It's very much, uh, <laughs> it's very much not women's problem anymore. Women are doing all they can to promote women's sports. Both, you know, reporters and athletes are doing what they can and still getting the blame shifted on them for not doing enough and not caring enough and not working hard enough. And it is so tiring as i'm sure you (laughs) feel if you're listening to this yes but speaking of some male players male hockey players specifically that do good nice things or at least the bare minimum (laughs) um i put igor larianov i hope that's how it's pronounced uh larianov 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 yeah there's a v Larianov. Oh, I just thought you were saying Lariano. Yeah, like he's like so uh, Igor Lariano. <laughs> he's, he's like Sunny. Like, he's like his, yeah, his real name is Sunny like Gabagul. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> He's from the Bronx, like <laughs> Yeah. Um He actually anyway. like spends his days down in like Jimmy T's. Like Yes. Um anyway, if you haven't followed him on Twitter, he's very uh 
cool. Like, I don't know. He tweeted about the NWHL and was congratulating the Boston Pride and stuff, which is really cool. But um, he also has a couple other, like, really fire tweets where he's just, like, having a personality, which is amazing. <laughs> the most recent yeah. today, um, if you haven't been keeping up with uh, pop culture, Lil Nas X has offended everyone yet again uh, with his new song. And people are claiming he's, like, a devil worshiper and, like, ruining children's lives and all these things. And it's really just because he's a black gay man uh, that everyone wants to hate him, which is really stupid, and the song is really good. But anyway, good old friend Igor tweeted, If Old Town Road didn't turn your kids into adulterous, lean-drinking cowboys, I really don't think Montero will turn them into gay Satanists, lol. People need to chill and let artists like Lil Nas X create their art. Pop off Igor, La- Igor Larion of the second. I love that for him. Like, this is a hockey player. Wow. Right. I saw someone say on Twitter, like, Igor Larion of the second has the, the personality that you all project onto Mitch Marner. Uh, <laughs> at me. <laughs> um, Which, also, his pinned tweet is, I don't know what team he was on, but a... Uh, goal celebration that him and his teammates did where they reenacted like curling with the with the one guy's glove and he was like sweeping with his stick i mean iconic like personality legend he's out here dyeing his hair he's getting tiny tattoos yeah i mean this is he's he wears introducing yeah he wears number 69 for his team he uh he also is out here introducing his father like the igor larianov like the Russian Igor of to Harry Styles. He said he put Harry Styles on the car and his dad was like, I love this. Who is this? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. He's putting he in... Promising Young Woman is Brilliant, an incredible film, yet so heartbreakingly true. <laughs> also, I'm imagining this was when he was watching uh, Oral Roberts play a game. Right. He just tweeted, Oral. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that checks out. So for our Changing the Culture segment this week, uh, I want to talk about an article posted by uh, noted weasel, as per Jacob Voracek, Sam Carcidi. Um, Sam Carcidi posted a link to his article in the Philly Inquirer, uh, where he goes into detail about Carter Hart uh, leaving his sports psychologist to presumably go see a different sports psychologist. And now he's having a bit of a rough patch this season. Um, I just think that that is absolutely despicable uh, for somebody to be digging into someone's mental health history to be contacting their former doctors and psychologists and healthcare and mental health professionals um, is absolutely beyond the line of reasonable research. It's beyond the line of appropriate. It should not have been published, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, That's how I'm feeling I also think, especially when it comes to the Flyers, you've had 
Nolan Patrick, who has had issues with migraines for over a year now, at least that he's been, you know, dealing with them uh, in a team sense and got, I mean, destroyed for that because like taking care of mental health and I mean, at that point, it's still physical health, like taking care of something that you can't even see apparently pisses off everyone. You've got, you know, a guy who literally had cancer and all of the things that come with that during COVID. Like, I mean, this team has been through it when it comes to dealing with health issues, mental or physical. And to be put under such a microscope while doing that is just so wrong to me. Like, you know, you, you can report on things, but it goes beyond that. Like, people's mental health shouldn't be an opinion piece. Exactly. Also, I just want to correct myself. Uh, Sam Carcidi is not noted weasel. That is his colleague, Mike Seleski. Uh, Sam Carcidi. I didn't think that was that guy, but Sam Carcidi. Sam Carcidi had the shit take afterwards. It was like, and Jake Voracek is, it shouldn't be doing this over Zoom. He should pull him aside in private. He also has had some really shit takes about like women online, I remember. So, boo. Right. Right. I, yeah, I remember Sam Carcini from this incident because he had this stupid opinion that Jake Voracek should, in a pandemic, pull a reporter aside in person to speak about a personal problem. That's what I was remembering. But, uh, you know, also writes for the Philly Inquirer. So that about sums that one up. I don't, relationship. I, just, like, I say this as a journalist, like, athletes do not owe you anything like it's it's courtesy that you get let into locker rooms that you get post-game interviews that you get all of like opportunities to talk to them if you are not good at building a relationship with an athlete in which they feel like they can talk to you if you do the exact opposite and you make them upset to the point that they don't want you in the locker room that's on you like exactly if you're gonna put them on blast when you're asking them a question on camera they can put you on blast just as much when they don't like you or it right I think we've had two absolutely blaring instances of gross misconduct this year first and foremost uh the Steve Simmons article where he said that Austin Matthews had COVID by like digging into like medical records and now this And I think it's something to be said that if a female reporter did this, you would not see them around the organization ever again. Absolutely. But Steve Simmons... It's so mind-blowing to me. Like, there's so many stories you could be writing right now. Like, this, you don't have to write about this. Like, you're... (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to call up Carter Hart's former sports psychologist and be like, hey, want to talk? You can talk about Carter Hart, too. Like, I'm not saying let's not write hey, why is Carter Hart giving up nine goals in a game or seven goals in a game pieces? I'm just saying, let's not snoop around what he's doing in regards to his mental health and make that a blame for why he's giving up all these goals and not doing great right now. Like, no, just no. Right. Everyone wants to talk about why is mental health so stigmatized and nobody talks about mental health. It's because, you know, you have people digging into your medical history essentially and uh invading your privacy of course you don't want to be open and candid about struggling when you have somebody digging through your metaphorical trash 
And this is what we mean when we say that, you know, the, the whole hockey is for everyone, the mental health nights they do or, you know, whatever type of partnerships that they put on for certain things. Like none of those things matter when, I mean, I know this isn't the NHL's doing, but it's still in the space, in the culture, you're allowing this to happen. You know, like this guy should be banned from having any sort of contact or resources within the NHL and he probably won't. Yeah, if I'm the Flyers, that man is never setting foot in my establishment again he can he can write from outside wells fargo center hopefully the wi-fi reaches that far maybe it doesn't just gonna say change the wi-fi password (laughs) you know what if he'll be in the starbucks down the street like trying to connect he can he can hook up his laptop to a hotspot. how about that so for you know for sam carcidi and steve simmons to have kept their jobs after uh you know absolute buffoonery like that while female reporters are being you know laid off and losing their jobs and not being able to find work all right so my social media player post of the week is not a hockey post and it is also not a single post um my posts are a series of tiktoks and tiktok comments about the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, Some of you may recognize the name Sedona Prince from the TikToks that she posted exposing the weight room situation and the, like, NCAA unfairness. However, my entire For You page has turned into Sedona's multiple TikTok accounts, as well as uh, the LGBT young ladies on TikTok uh, talking about their crush on her and somehow Sedona manages to comment on every single one of them. I have not seen a single Sedona thirst TikTok that doesn't have a comment on it from Sedona herself that's just like, hey girly, haha. (laughs) And I love that. I love that she is not only a you know, spreading awareness for equal treatment, but she is also growing the game through cultivating a legion of adoring uh, queer female fans. And I think, like, on a more serious note, too, it goes back to the market marketability of female athletes. Like, they do the work to market themselves. There's not very many male athletes, I really can't think of anybody off the top of my head, that is that engaging with their fans. Mm-hmm. And so many female athletes are. And I know a lot of it is because there is typically a smaller fan base. So you kind of have the opportunity to make more connections and, and talk to more people and stuff. But I guarantee you, like 10 followers or a million followers, she'd still be trying to at least do the same thing. Yeah. And the, I mean, like, even just the volume, athletes. even just the volume of posts Sedona was posting, like, two or three TikToks a day, like, showing exactly what they were eating in the bubble, like, her and her, like, teammates out on their own, like, personal balconies from their hotel rooms, like, eating together, like, with the camera, like, held up down the line, like, everybody say hi. And I think that comes with, like, an age thing, too, like, we're getting to the point where fully grown adults, fully grown, you know, college students, athletes, whatever, have grown up with social media their whole life. Which, like, I'm 24 and that makes me feel old. But, like, an 18-year-old has pretty much always had social media or the internet 
you know yeah. like they know how to use it and they know how to use it to their advantage which still blows my mind as to why the ncaa thought they could get away with it i was like you have enough athletes in this bubble being mistreated with phones and enough of a following that they will expose you right i mean she even posted a video of one of her teammates uh like placing their their name on the big like bracket like moving that like indicating that they had moved on and it was like it was fun but it was also like such like a touching moment to see and like so special of a moment for her to share that like how can you not be endeared and invested and interested in their story so the dunking one too someone said please dunk and she she did it baby she did it okay (laughs) so my uh my social media post of the week is uh our girl sedona all over tiktok putting in the work cultivating a legion of fangirls as well as getting people invested in women's basketball you do is it my turn or leanne do you want to go you can go if you want i don't care okay um pretty simple Tyson Yost, existing, breathing, um, <laughs> posting on Instagram. First of all, he posted as of today with the podcast is being recorded five days ago. And it was just a Coors Light promo. And he looked so nice. Respectable, presentable young man. And then Coors Light? yeah i don't drink he's beer just, so that means nothing to me <laughs> he's just wholesome you just look at him and you're like oh what a nice guy like, i guess if he bought me a Coors light i would drink it but i would sip on it reluctantly <laughs> <laughs> so where's the hard liquor at um but he his most recent one was actually one that he looks really good in this uh gray suit i love different types of suits so like your blue and black suits boring um and this suit is black and gray and white and plaid and he said yes my mom picked this suit out hashtag colorblind um not that there's really any colors in it amazing not but I do you love guys this can... man, and I love his love for his mom, because same. Not that you guys can see this because podcasts are an audio medium, but Jess said that he hashtag colorblind, and Leanne and I both made the same exact face, which was like a fond frown. <laughs> it was the. <laughs> Let me think. The other day, frown on the like the googly eyed emoji. Yes, definitely. The other day at my job, um, we have like this like racing thing, and so when the kids come up, we have to like tell them the rules. And this kid came up, and I was like, "Okay, like you're gonna wait for the the lights will go from red to green. When they're green, you go." And the kid straight up, like just like in this tone, said to me, "I don't know what that means. I'm colorblind." <laughs> And I just was like, all right, I'll just say ready, set, go then. (laughs) And that just reminded me of that because that kid was so cute. But he was owning it, you know? He really was. Love that for him. I just imagine that that is what Tyson Yost was like as a child. I absolutely believe that, especially considering his Instagram profile picture with him with his little pebbles hair, like pebbles from the Flintstones. So we love that. Amazing. 
Does he have any other notable posts that we should know about? Um, those were from this week, like all within the same week. So one he posted twice in a week. So Ooh, wow, getting that consistency. Yeah, his last post before that was February twenty third. So such an influencer, Tyson. Damn. Hashtag Coors Light. Hashtag colorblind. Hashtag. hashtag I'm sorry. Con. Hashtag keeping Colorado chill. Hashtag uh, ad. Hashtag twenty one plus. He said hashtag Tyson Tuesday and Tyson Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Influencer king. Um, so for my social media post of the week, it actually came today, about five hours ago. Uh, the ever entertaining Dylan Strom posted a picture of him in his girl dad baseball hat holding his newborn daughter Wesley um because we would not be not your papa's hockey unless we announced to you the birth of every NHL baby so in a shocking turn of events the baby announcement was not my (laughs) social media post of the week this week he said, welcome to the world, Wesley. We love you so much already. Mom, you're a rock star and a lot tougher than I'll ever be. He used the wrong then. I would just like to let everybody know that. Hashtag girl dad. So congrats. Good luck. Hashtag girl dad. Hashtag girl boss. Y- yep. I do want to go scroll through the um comments again um i would also like to remind everybody of the tweet (laughs) that was written that was like dylan strome is not available tonight to play because of the birth of a baby and everyone in in the responses were just like any baby just a (laughs) random baby (laughs) who would win baby issues or baby problems (laughs) (laughs) or a baby a baby being is, born or baby issues. Her name is Wesley Margaret Strom. So just so everybody is on the same page as me, we have the same middle name and the same three letters of our last name. Wow. Four letters, Leanne. S-T-R-O is four. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a math major. Leave her alone. <laughs> well um, well i'm literally crying (laughs) i failed math twice in college thank you thank you you might have failed math twice in college but i got kicked out of a suny school (laughs) oh my god oh my god i i need to go i need to (laughs) i need to think about some things (laughs) Well, that was this week's episode of Not Your Papa's Podcast. Um, if you like our content, you can find more of us at notyourpapashockey.com, Not Your Papa's Hockey on Instagram and Facebook, and at NYP Hockey on Twitter. Um, we will see you next time.